What are those priceless gifts that money can't buy? Well, I can tell you one of the first is the gift of time, creating memories with your children. The next priceless gift is teaching your child the value of spending time with God. In the novel, A Few Minutes with God, written for children and teens, the story unfolds about a struggling family and the gift of hearing God and the outcome, which is a wonderful blessing from the Lord. Your children will want to pray and spend time listening to God after reading this book. Visit MediaAngels.com for more information. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Do you want a more intimate walk with God? Are you tired of trying to hear God and hearing only silence? Each week, your host, Felice Skirwitz, is prepared to inspire you and equip you on your journey towards deepening your relationship with God. Listen, hear, and follow the Lord's will in your life, and you will be blessed. Hi friends, welcome. My name is Felice Skirwitz, and this is an episode of A Few Minutes with God podcast. Today we are going to talk about the love of God the Father And this is episode 202. You can find the show notes again at a few minutes with God podcast.com. Please check out my mediaangels.com website for books and products for you and your family. Do you understand the love of God the Father? If so, I applaud you. The love of God is one of those mind blowing ideas that will take the rest of our lives to fully grasp. And even then, I tend to fall short. I feel that the creator God is so amazing and I'm in awe of him as I should be. And I also love God the Father. When I think about God the Father, it just brings me joy. Gosh, God the Father. I remember one year our church had a challenge. The first year was God the Father contemplating him. The second was God the Son. And the next year was God the Holy Spirit. And I just loved it. The challenge made me realize that my main focus has been Jesus mostly and then the Holy Spirit, but not so much on the Father God. Intellectually, I understand there's three separate persons and one God, but do I truly understand that concept? When my children were little, we listened to lots of things for little kids. And I I felt like I told my husband one time, I feel like it's more for me than them because it explains things simply, but it makes me understand the analogy of the deeper truth. And one of the concepts was uh, about God, and it was explained as the properties of water. So water is an element, but it has three forms, right? It's ice, it's steam, and it's liquid. And ice, of course, is a solid, and uh, steam is a vapor, right? And liquid is water. And it's all water, but it's in different forms. And the same idea is with the concept of God. One God, three distinct persons. When I pray, I usually begin with a prayer that encompasses all three, the triune God, and that is in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Still, it's a difficult concept to grasp, but it does help us to wrap our minds around the persons of God. And when we look at it this way, we are always worshiping all three, not just one. But I really wanted to focus on God the Father. 
We think about God the Father, God the Almighty, God the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? But that could also be described as Jesus or as the Holy Spirit. We think about God the Father when we pray the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us. Matthew six nineteen, or sorry, Matthew six nine through thirteen says, "Pray then like this: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread." And it goes on. Yet. When we pray this prayer, do we really contemplate that this is the Father who we are praying to, that we are asking for his kingdom to come, that his will to be done, that we are asking for God to give us our daily bread and to forgive us as we forgive others? The Nicene and the Apostles' Creed both taught to the early Christians that this was what the truths of the faith contained. And the focus was, and both start with, I believe in God, the Father Almighty. But while the concept of God himself is not foreign, I think it's crucial to concentrate on the Father's love for us. His love created the universe. His love created us. He created us and wants us to live with him in our eternity. And he sent his son to die for our sins and ultimately to break the curse of sin and death with his resurrection and new life in heaven. And this is what we celebrate on Easter. How do we celebrate this love? How do we celebrate God's love for us? Are we joyous people? Or do we walk around with this big burden on our shoulders? Do we live it out each day? Do we deny ourselves from sinfulness or sinful acts? For most of us, our sins are not grave, but all sins lead to more sins. The entire Old Testament speaks to God the Father and his love for us over and over. And some are righteous who follow God and some are not. And we learn as we're reading, we keep thinking to ourselves, and I know I do, you know, especially the Israelites who wandered around in the desert. It's like, what part of this do you not understand? You know, can't you just wait for Moses instead of melting gold to make graven images? You know, and it, it just like astounded me. And yet when you apply those stories in the Old Testament to our own lives, it's amazing the similarities. If you want to see what's happening today, read the book of Jeremiah. There were so many warnings and so many, you know, prophetic warnings about turning away from God. And if you didn't, you know, this is what was going to happen. And the people just were hardened of heart. Is there hope for us? Yes, because God loves us and God wants us not to lose heart, to have courage, to continue to follow his laws and commandments. The laws and the commandments, especially in the Old Testament, seem so harsh, but the result of sin is being lost forever in the fires of hell, and that's pretty harsh. With the looming ahead, with that looming ahead, you can see why the harshness was there, for the sake of mankind, not for God. You know, I liken it to a kid running in the street. We're going to yank him back. We may not be that gentle and say, oh, please, little Johnny, don't run into the street and get killed. No, we're going to just yank that kid back, whether it's our kid or not. And we are standing on the curve and we see it happening. You know, we want to save that person's life. And that's what 
the reparation for sin is. That is what the rules are. That is why there's a reasoning behind all of what God asks us to do. Truthfully, God doesn't need us. Anything we do is not going to make God any greater than he already is. Anything we do is for ourselves, our eternal well-being. And while it pleases God, if it's in his will, it doesn't change the Almighty at all. When we think about the Ark of the Covenant and when it was lost, the people cried. But did they cry because they lost the word of God and the Ten Commandments? Did they cry because they disobeyed God and his leading for them? You know, no, they cried because they had lost their protection from God, they thought. Without that ark leading them in battle, they were losing. But either way, God was still with them, and yet they wanted that outward sign. They also lost the Ark of the Covenant because they were not doing what God commanded. And you can read all about it in 1 Samuel 4 through 7. And in 4 through 7, chapter 10, it states, So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated, and they fled every man to his home. And there was very great slaughter, and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers, and the ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain. Death came to those who disobeyed, and Israel lost the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God. God loves us, and ultimately, this is without reservation. But God is also God who is just and loves us, even while this justice may hurt. When we reprimand someone we love in correction, we do it as a form of love for their well-being, and so it is with God. How can we love God? By following him. Sometimes we do this by denying ourselves. As I record this episode, we're past Easter and now in the celebration phase of our Christian journey, a time after Easter with Pentecost soon to come. Yet we should always consider, yes, the joyous resurrection, but also the love of Christ's sacrifice for us. And this is what I talked about in the last podcast. Sometimes God's love is demonstrated in the oddest places and in chance meetings. I met a young man at church who's a street evangelist, and he was explaining that he would go to the beach and share about the Lord in a laid-back way, not aggressively, but with love. And I was so impressed by his calmness and his calling by the Lord, which he followed. And he invited me and my sister-in-law to join him on the beach during, the, during I think, Sunday sometime to share in this ministry. And my first inclination, which I said to him, was, I don't think so. I don't really feel like, you know, God is calling me to do that. And my sister-in-law and I kind of laughed and said, well, you talk enough. You could probably go and talk to anybody, which is true. But truthfully, I need to pray about this. Will I go? Maybe. Someday. But the thought of going is very hard for me. And I have plenty of excuses, and they're valid. You know, Sunday's our day to get together with their extended family. It's a great excuse. And that's what we do, right? So that we don't have to do those hard things. We're not all called to be street evangelists, but we can evangelize however God wants us to. God's love calls us to be loved to others, our family and our friends and those we meet on the street as that young man is a witness to faith. He is a calling, yes, but God God does call each one of us. How is God calling you? A great book 
I recommend is Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God by Henry and Richard Blackaby and Claude King. I haven't finished the entire book yet, but it's a Bible study. My daughter's doing the same Bible study um, at the school where she teaches with the teachers. But it's very good, and especially for those searching to unite your will to the Lord's. And it's a very basic study. So I encourage you to get that, to look into it, and also to pray to the Lord and ask him, Lord, how do you want to use me this day? May God be blessed. Thanks for listening to the podcast, A Few Minutes with God. Please visit Felice on our website, a few minutes with God.com, and your podcast page on a few minutes with God podcast.com. There you will find the show notes for today's episode. This podcast is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.